0: You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is the podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Scales. Even, David Hall. Hello. Greg Hectus. Hey, guys. Jesse Gray. Hello. Mason Stiver.
1: Hey, guys.
0: And special guest Jake Nichols. Hey, what's up? Hey, welcome. Well, today's special guest segment is brought to you by Sim Lab Racing Simulator products. Sim Lab provides quality Sim Racing chassis to suit your Sim Racing needs. Check out sim-lab.eu. And, uh, David, you got a tracking number finally, so yours is on the way.
2: Yep. Sometime next week, I guess.
0: All right, cool. Well, let's talk to Jake Nichols. Thanks for coming on, Jake. Uh, We're trying to get all the peak drivers on. Of course, we want to get you as well and learn a bit, a little bit about you. So, let's talk about when did you first hear about iRacing the very first time, and what got you started? Um, I I don't know the exact time. It's probably like
3: 2013-ish, maybe, uh, maybe a little earlier, but. Uh, I watched some of the peak series races, mainly just uh, highlights and stuff with my brother back in the day. Uh, Him and I and my dad used to always play on the old racing games like EA Sports, NASCAR games and stuff, and uh, we started watching iRacing some and uh, learning about it, and I watched uh, Rutgers Kev as well. Uh, He was one of the guys that I really watched and paid attention to, and uh, he definitely helped me get on it, and same with... uh, the guys at Nordgar TV, uh, which a lot of those guys went into uh, some racing authority, which uh, it's a good group I race with now, but uh, yeah, just a lot of good racers and good people and uh, just started paying attention to it. And uh, once I got on it, I was I was hooked for sure, and I've been on it hardcore pretty, since, or pretty much since.
0: Yeah, I used to run some Nordgar back in the day, and uh, a bunch of the guys in there— uh you're right, moved to SRA and then up and in peak as well. So, uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, so talk about how often are you racing these days? We know you're a peak driver and you're running that, which is every couple of weeks, but what else are you running on a regular basis? Uh, just leagues mainly, uh,
3: Sim racing authority has a few series that I, uh, participate in, like we run F1 and then two NASCAR series. And, uh, we just closed out our rallycross series, but, uh, Other than that, I haven't been racing as much as usual because it takes so much to run good and peak, and uh, we haven't been running that good lately—at least a mile and a half. So you got to really put a ton of effort in and trying to find speed. And uh, other than that, though, when I was racing, I love the national car. Uh, I have a lot of friends and teammates that uh, would race that thing a ton. It's it's a blast, and sometimes you'll see me in in the NASCAR iRacing series, but. Mainly, I haven't been racing as much lately, just testing a lot.
0: Yeah, and uh, we partnered up with the Sim Racing Authority League uh, on the uh, B-Car Championship, which you won, so congratulations. But you also won the A-Car Championship.
3: Yeah, um, it was a tough season. Uh, I I knew going in that uh, Bobby Zielinski, who's an incredible competitor, that, that guy can drive good and fast and anything he touches and uh, I knew he wasn't going to be in the series full time so I had to take advantage of that and we got a lot of wins uh, a lot of thanks to a lot of good people and uh, had a lot of fun while doing it uh, the Xfinity car I'm, I'm not the best at that uh, I really had to learn uh, I think that's mainly why I liked when SRA went to it because uh, when we started running Xfinity again that's when I was in the pro series and pro runs the Xfinity car so I had to learn a lot because I really typically didn't run that car, and uh, that helped me a lot. And going into the season with the new Cup package, it was a lot of help running in that as well. Because it's just there's so much to learn with how the cars drive now. It's such a different playing or ball a ball game. Uh, and uh, it was a blast. Uh, lots lots of hard racing in SRA. Like guys don't give many inches. That's for sure. And if you can if you can win in that it shows that you've got something and uh there's there's a lot of underrated guys in that series or that league as well and i think when when they get to race against peak drivers like me and Ben Nelson for example and used to be Marcus Richardson and Bobby it it shows that there's a lot of competition in that league
0: right now um that league uh Bobby Cheney's done a doing a great job over there with that and he's still recruiting for the upcoming season and i i've seen and tell people, you know, why they want to run with SRA. I mean, there's a lot of good drivers in there. And if, you know, if you match up to some of those good guys to see how you run, right?
3: Yeah, for sure. I, I think some people go into it thinking that like, uh, why go race if we're just going to get beat, but really it, you can go learn. Like I learned a ton racing with Bobby when, when Zelensky was running full time and he, he'd beat us every week pretty much. And same with Marcus when he was in there and, uh, like, you learn so much running behind those guys, way more than you think you would. And uh, that's pretty much like, it's a good league. Those kind of leagues, when you go into them, you might not expect to go and dominate immediately. But you can learn a lot and end up doing that eventually because you're going to learn a lot, especially racecraft, craft. Because uh, the way, the hardness that those guys push and how hard they race is just going to teach you so much and uh, push you to a whole nother level that you probably didn't even know you
0: had. All right. Uh, let's switch gears uh, a little bit and talk about your hardware setup. Uh, what do you have for wheels and pedals and monitors, VR, uh, that kind of thing?
3: Well, I run uh, a G920 for a wheel. Uh, I just recently changed, um, I think, last season during Road to Pro uh, in August or so. Because we race in Bristol, and I, I used G27 at the time, or Logitech G27 at the time, and made race it, it just broke it like it hooked me dead left and I I got into someone I I can't remember who I think it was Will Cooley or something I try to apologize because I feel you got to feel bad in that situation because I know I couldn't really do much about it but you still hate to take someone out um but ever since then I've I've stayed with the G27 pedals I just I like the comfort with those more uh like how I like to run the pedals and brake hard it just runs better with that but uh, that's for wheel and pedals there. For monitor, we just have one monitor at the moment, 27-inch uh, uh, HP monitor, and uh, not much for a rig. I just use a table, and I've, I've been looking to uh, upgrade and try to get a rig, an actual rig, uh, eventually. So hopefully by the end of the peak season, we get to do that and uh, see how we can perform with better equipment.
0: Okay, very good. Um, let's talk, uh, what's the most memorable moment in iRacing so far? Um, there's probably
3: a few for me, probably some I can't even think of, but, uh, definitely right now, a few would be, uh, getting drafted by Joe Gibbs Racing. That was unexpected for me, but a, an awesome experience and opportunity, uh, such a high known or well-known team, like, uh, especially in, in NASCAR and the cup series, multiple championships, it's just that was pretty cool. And, uh, winning some league championships was always cool to me. Cause I felt like for a while there, I was getting so close to winning, but I just couldn't like, it wouldn't work out. Something would always happen where we wouldn't win. And, uh, to get that done and, to to win some finally, uh, is always cool. Um, a road to pro win last year was awesome. Cause leading up to it was, I think it was the third race of the season and leading up was, uh, Daytona, which, you know, Daytona, anything can happen there. And, uh i think we got involved in a wreck and then the next week was probably my worst race ever uh a bad setup plus just not not a good uh mental game entering it and uh going into martin it was martinsville which i love short tracks so martinsville is always gonna be good for me but uh going going into that i got the pole dominated the race and won and that's pretty pretty cool for me just because of what happened leading up and obviously that got me to peak, uh, that partially got me to peak. So um, that's definitely one of my top moments
0: for sure. Yeah, when the draft came out and you got the 20 car, I was like, dude, Tony Stewart, Tony, you know, <laughs> 20, that's the car to get. I was just like, out of everybody, uh, you know, out there, you know, the 18, the 20, I mean, just for prestige. And so I was real happy for you that you got that. I thought that was cool when you got it. And that was a neat moment, obviously.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um I was I was expecting to be higher ranked, but when they showed the rankings I was fortieth and I was like, Man, how does that happen? But I guess it's just because, you know, I don't have the best uh stats officially because I don't race official much and when I do it's u- usually pro stuff, like Road to Pro, pro series or peak so I didn't have the best stats out there and uh going into it when I saw myself ranked fortieth I was like, Man, there's probably no way I'm gonna get drafted and When that happened, I was actually hanging out with some uh, other peak drivers, and Bobby Zelensky was with us. And he was the whole time, he was like wondering, like all jittery, like wondering who he's going to be teammates with. And when they said my name, I was just like, all right, okay. Like, we all went crazy. It was definitely cool. Uh, I was a Tony Stewart fan when I was younger, so that's even better, uh, knowing that. Same with Labonte, so uh, either one was fine with me, but... There was a lot of story of around the 20 where uh, we we jumped up 20 positions from where we ranked to be drafted 20th uh, to to the 20 car, and I'm 20 years old at the moment, so everything worked out perfect. Um, hopefully, we can get some better luck soon in the uh, peak series and and show off this 20 car.
0: All right, and so we've talked to your teammates. So uh, Boris is your uh, contact over there at Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, you have regular contact with him and. Uh, and then you, have gotten to go to any races or what's been the perks?
3: Um, I haven't, I've went to one race. I didn't uh, really use any perks for that one. I just wanted to go enjoy a, a race. Uh, but other than that, I got to go to the shop, um, and get a whole tour of that and, and be on their trivia show, which was pretty cool. Uh, I also got to try out VR there, uh, cause they have a, a, SIM rig that has VR and that was cool. Uh, different, completely different experience. Uh, I don't know if I'd see that me, uh, myself running that maybe in peak in the future, but I certainly want to try it and run it in leagues and hosteds and other official racing. Cause it was pretty, pretty unique. That's for sure. But, uh, they've made it pretty easy for me and pretty, pretty fun, uh, really enjoyable. And I love being able to represent such a high note
0: or well-known team like JGR. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you, you mentioned stats. Uh, your overall winning percentage in Oval is 7.6%. Still a good number. Uh, I have, have seen, of course, some peak drivers have higher numbers than that. but uh, And that's what you were just alluding to before. But uh, let's talk about peak and performance. I mean, you're sitting 15th in points. I'm looking at enascar.com backslash standings where... What is the goal here? Are you within striking range for the playoffs, or are you just fighting for top twenty? Would he, uh, what, what, have you had to adjust the goal?
3: Yeah, I've definitely had to adjust the goal. Um, at one at the start of the season, it was top twenty. Like I've I've done many years of just constant racing, like not really giving myself a little break, uh, like an off season essentially. And top twenty was definitely the goal, just to make sure I was in next next year. And as we started going, we got some good finishes. I couldn't quite get to top 10. It was a running joke of that because I would finish anywhere but top 10. Uh, and I was top 10 in points for a little while. But um, I think as the, as the season went on, the goals sort of changed. Right now, it's back to just making sure I stay in the series for next year. Uh, it is my first full-time season, so I, I don't expect to go out there and win a championship, but uh, to be given the opportunity uh, to run good uh, I want to get some better finishes. I I think now for the rest of the season I got a better opportunity cuz our our group just hasn't uh been good at mile and a halfs, but everywhere else we've had really good speeds. So you know, uh, I think we're done with cookie cutters this year too. So uh
0: that's good. Um looking good for the future. Okay. Yeah, and uh points wise uh 23 out of uh 20th. So it is pretty tight back there with a lot of good names uh fighting to stay in the top uh, 20. So uh, you have your work cut out for you, and I hope you uh, the best. And uh, but uh, it's nice that you have that nice pad at twenty-three above the rest of these guys: Corey Vincent, Malik Ray, Milik, uh, Michael uh, G, and uh, Philip Diaz. And then finally in twenty is a sitting Dylan Duvall with Brian Schoenberg only one point out in twenty-first yeah it's it's gonna be tough there's a lot of clo- guys
3: close for position it was the same thing uh a couple weeks ago for the chase like so many people had an opportunity to just have one good race and they'd be right there uh and now it's going shifting back a little bit to top 20 which is going to make it really interesting because it's like if you don't make top 20 like you got to work so hard on uh in the, the winter time to try to get back in and i know no one wants to really do that really because it's just a lot of work to try to uh and it's a lot of pressure, too, really. It's more of the pressure, uh, as long as it's hard work, to to uh, get back in. Right. Okay.
0: And so let's talk about, um, we're going to talk about the peak race here uh, in a second. But first, tell us, you know, uh, do you do the Twitch? Do people can follow you on social media or Facebook or, Twi- or Twitter? Uh, how do people keep up with what's going on with your 20 car?
3: Well, uh, I've. I've streamed here and there, but I haven't started actually streaming the peak races yet. I plan on doing that eventually uh, whenever things work out for it, but uh, yeah, I just got a Facebook page. Uh, We don't, I don't post on on it every time. Uh, Sometimes I just forget about it, but Twitter every week, uh, Jake Nichols 73, I think it is at Twitter and uh, same with my Instagram, uh, J underscore Nichols underscore 73 there uh of course 73 i wish i wish i could have been running that number it's uh, been a good number for me in the past but uh maybe i got to change those to 20 soon
0: yeah so that's your uh, favorite number that's good to know uh what about let's talk about behind the scenes team uh you know we talked about joe gibbs racing which is what i will call a marketing team but there's the behind the scenes uh, the iRacing racing team uh who is on jake nichols i mean do you have a spotter a crew chief or who, who, do you, who else are you working with
3: yeah, I work with uh, Slip Angle Motorsports, so I'm teammates with drivers like Ray Falla and uh, Nick Shelton, Chris Overland, Brandon Cattell, and Peek. Um, yeah, I have a spotter uh, and crew chief. Uh, recently, I've just had a spotter uh, who does both jobs because uh, my crew chief, Nate Trado does stuff with the uh, summer shootout in Charlotte uh, with the Legends cars and Bandoleros, so he's been off uh, doing that recently. But uh, my spotter, Delonte Ballard, has been helping me out a lot, and uh, same with Brian Blackford. He's uh, jumped on to help me out some recently too. So uh, I definitely have a lot of help. Um, we haven't our our team, like I said, we've been good at tracks that haven't been cookie cutters. So like Richmond, we're really good at, and uh, Auto Club, but uh, we've worked so hard to try to figure out something for a mile and a half, so we're just always something's missing, always every week. But uh, I think we're going to be coming back strong here for the next few weeks, like uh, Pocono, Michigan, especially Bristol. Uh, I think I expect really good results out of myself there uh, for that race, uh, especially how Richmond went for the most part. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely a good group
0: behind me, that's for sure. Okay, so let's talk about the peak and what happened here with Kentucky. Uh, Before the week uh, started, uh, the racing we had the power rankings put up on nascar.com uh, written by Steve Louvinder, who's the guy who runs trading paints. Uh, that's always interesting to check out. There was also some news that Eric Smith and Michael Garilglia, I have a hard time with his name, uh, got a uh, a team ride basically. Uh, tell us about that, Mason. I didn't even hear about this.
1: Yeah, there's a uh, a new team. Um, it's Jim Beaver. Esports, um, and I believe it has something to do with the GoPro Motorplex. So, uh, both Eric J. Smith and uh, Michael Gariglia um, have a team now.
0: Jim Beaver Esports. I wish I knew who Jim Beaver was.
1: And I believe he's a, a racer himself.
0: Huh, interesting. All right, and then uh, for the race itself, Bobby Zielinski on the pole and dominated early. As Zach Novak stalked him, uh, there were some new faces in the top 10 Davies, Cook, Hurst, Challoner, Michael G., and Ben Nelson. Uh, Michael Conti was falling back early. Uh, lap 47, caution. Uh, Logan Crest had fresh tires and drives right into the back of Ashton Crowder as he tries to pass. There was a large speed differential. Uh, comes in the middle of the green flag, stops uh, Taylor Hurst and the lead after the stops uh three wide for the race lead with challenger and mullis after that and then mullis holds the lead after caution uh seems leader has an air advantage and is much harder to pass uh uh, davies short pits the middle of the race and tried to gain an advantage uh novak dominates at the three-quarter mark of the race after green flag stops and then mason uh we had a caution on 124.
1: Yep, uh, Chris Sherburn got turned off turn four by uh, Chris Overland. Um, and then we also had Ray Alfala go flipping. This was a big wreck on uh, 129. They are four wide on the restart, and the 79 car checked up hard um, and took out some several cars in the back. Um, did you see any of that, Jake?
3: Yeah, that happened uh, pretty close in front of me. Uh, I heard in TeamSpeak, because uh, I was with Nicholas Shelton in TeamSpeak, and I heard he... Uh, double shifted on the restart so that's what made him check up and I think him and Ray just met they went for the same spot I think Ray was trying to fit it three wide in the middle and Shelton just uh, was, wasn't trying to let him get there and when they met in the middle I shot to the outside and thought I was good uh, I saw a cle- clear track then Ray was right in front of me I was like well all right and then all of a sudden bam right in the left door and we went head on the wall and that pretty much ended our night as uh, we had a lot of damage after that
1: oh yeah, yeah.
0: You, you got a p35 that right yeah, yeah, that's tough.
1: <laughs> yeah, it only took one green-white checkered, though, to finish this race, unlike uh, unlike all of our NAS races that are going three green-white checkers every week. Um, but we had Zach Novak winning, with Jimmy Mullis finishing second, uh, Taylor Hurst third, and Blake Reynolds fourth. Some notables that you don't see up front, Christian Challenger fifth, Nick Ottinger sixth, and Bobby Zelensky seventh.
0: And... A couple of notes, I was kind of trying to, well, I was at work, and I was trying to watch on my cell phone, and I looked down, and I see this huge wreck, and there's one car that goes flipping, and of course, who is it? Ray O'Falla. His luck this week, this year, is just atrocious. I'm so sorry, Ray, uh, but he's just caught up in everything. Yeah, it's been that way. It's it's tough seeing it for a teammate.
3: Um, I know I've had a lot of luck, this, or good luck this year, for the most part, but uh, I know recently I've had terrible luck, so now I know how he's felt all year, because he's had it the whole season, and
0: it's tough to see that. Yeah, that's certainly something going on with Ray, and he needs to find his horseshoe. Uh, And then the other thing, was Zach Novak winning, I mean, how did he win this race? You know, from what I can gather, it was really just good strategy, you know, getting through the stops and and being out front, you know, after the last stop. I mean... Is that how he won this? Because when it came down to the green-white checker, it was he was the leader and he was able to keep it.
3: Yeah, he had some teammates behind him too. That's what I saw. And they must have played something right, uh, strategy, or just pitting them at, the, at the right time because they got up front and it would, no one could do anything with them. They would just had right. really good cars. So uh, you put really c- good cars out front, it's going to be pretty hard to pass them, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, and, and I don't think Jimmy Mullis, who's a teammate to, uh, you know, was pushing the issue and he said as much in his interview, you know, because of that. Um, but it was a good race. I mean, the, the restarts were cool. Uh, but once they got s- spread out, it was, you know, you were just trying to follow strategies. That like kind of the way I saw it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, after the race, lots of, uh, press, uh, we got iRacing put up a, uh, feature article, uh, MRN.com, uh, put up an article as well as, uh, NASCAR, uh, has recap videos and and whatnot there was also a neat uh video of ben nelson uh with his vr view where you could see him wearing his vr goggles and we don't have a lot of peak drivers running vr but he is
3: yeah i've i've known about ben running vr
0: for a while and i always hear some teammates of mine like trying
3: to say that I uh, it's holding them back but i don't know man ben with racing for him for so long in sra he's he's a tough driver man he's really good uh I don't think anything's holding him back at this point. I think, uh, especially this week with him having a good car, too, he got to show some of that skill he had uh, running up front. I, I don't think anything's holding him back. I think that VR just makes him much better. Right.
2: Well, I'm Me and Chris are the VR guys on our team, and um, I, I enjoy it, and I don't feel like it holds me back.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then, Mason, there was a video uh, kind of related from uh, NASCAR president Steve Phelps.
1: Yeah, he sat down. I forget who the the reporter was, but um, he sat down for a short interview. Um, he was they were saying talking about NASCAR Heat and iRacing and just how it's been improving NASCAR viewership. They they see the ratings climbing because people are getting involved. So this is awesome. Um, but he also says if you iRace, you are totally into it. He made it, like quite clear that those people are the ones who are the diehard fans that that want to live and eat and breathe NASCAR and they're finding a way to get involved so um he he was really selling iRacing racing there
0: yeah i think the key word he used uh which a marketing president's love is engagement and that's what he called it is engagement and uh when people run heat and iRacing racing or peak or watch peak they're uh engaging and so that's what they want it helps grow their brand and uh, it's kind of neat to see Uh, them do it i don't think it was an actual reporter i think this was an internal hype video so to speak uh that they put together themselves so but cool to see uh pocono next what do you think jake for pocono
3: uh it's gonna be an interesting one uh i don't think they raced the repave last year so with this new package and a new track in pocono with the repave it's it's gonna be an interesting race i think uh it's going to be crazy because that tunnel turn, we're going to be full throttle in it a lot more than usual, and that's already been a tough corner. So I think when guys uh, go in there, they're going to think that they're going to run full throttle on older tires and maybe smack the wall out of too. but uh, it's going to be hard. Uh, I think turn one is going to be really nice. Uh, I think the track will move around there, maybe a lane or two, but turn three is going to be really treacherous. You, I think if you run a little bit out of the groove, it's gonna you're going to have a tough time, that's for sure.
0: All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Jake Nichols, and talking to us and uh, getting to know us a little bit. Uh, we're going to jump into stories next. Uh, Chris, you got the next one, World of Outlaw.
4: Hey, Mike, before we switch there, uh-huh. um, you were asking at the beginning there, I was just doing some research while you were doing it, you asked about who Jim Beaver was. Right. Canadians, um, they're just... beavers. I forgot about that. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. <laughs> no, but... Um... From his Twitter page, it looks like he was a pro off-road racer and obviously is the host of the nationally syndicated Down and Dirty show. Um, oh. So he's a professional podcaster and racer. So. And a TV host is showing that is on his page as well.
0: Aha. So he's got some kind of celebrity status. I, I have never heard of him. Okay, cool. Thanks for that, Greg. All right, Chris. Uh, World of Outlaw was Knoxville. Uh yep.
5: The um let me get the, all this in here. The iRacing World of Outlaws, Morton Buildings Late Model World Championship. Uh, week two. They need an abbreviation. Um yeah, it was at Knoxville and just some of the best racing I've ever seen on the sim, personally. I I might be a little bit biased because I'm really like watching the, the dirt late model stuff, but I wish I would have caught this live and I might have to try to pay more attention to these because yeah, the the racing was just incredible. I mean, half the race, these guys are
0: you know sideways already, and they're up each other's
5: bumpers. <laughs> but well, they're side racing. by
0: side, sideways. I mean, that's I mean that's what's crazy about it. You know, they're so close.
5: Yeah, and I gotta get more familiar with these guys. I watched one guy with a few laps to go. They were running, um, you know, three and four wide almost for a hundred bucks for a third place finish. And uh, there was one guy that ended up causing a wreck. And, but, you know, the, the guy that was coming up behind him, he he couldn't hit the brakes because you can't get away with that in a dirt car. So you can see him turning his car a little bit more sideways to slow down. I mean, what do these guys do when these things are incredible. If you ever tried to drive one.
0: Yeah. So Alex Bergeron got it done. Uh, second, Even C. Third, Blake Matulas, Majulas. And then fourth, Kevin Dedman. Five, Kendall Tucker. I see Zach Leonardi back in 7th, and Hayden Cardwell, last week's winner, was 10th. Yeah, and Mason, you had
5: mentioned on here, uh, Kerwin transfers to feature, I know he's a peak guy, was he the one that came from uh, the last chance qualifier? Heard him talking about that.
1: Uh, No, that was Phil Diaz that they were talking about, I believe, Um, he was trying but uh, but I know that Casey Kerwin uh, – or no, that it, it might have been him. But regardless, both Casey Kerwin and Phil Diaz are peak drivers who are doing double duty over there in the world of outlaws. Yeah,
5: I don't know how they do it. Like I said, they just – they put on a heck of a show. It was the same race spot guys um, that do peak that were uh, commentating the race too, and they just they did a great job.
0: So, Jake, what, was... what do you think? Do you ever want to do double duty?
3: <laughs> I've been offered uh... – a possibility with uh, setups for uh, dirt late models, I think those are a blast. So, I think I think if I ever do uh, try to do double duty, that's going to be the series. Uh, I love driving those cars and, and dirt's always really fun.
0: Cool. Get in it, man. Yeah. Heck yeah. Let's keep moving. Uh, Greg, let's talk VRS GT World Championship. So, I guess uh,
4: it was off week for the Porsche Super Cup Series, so uh, drivers uh, left uh, and teamed up for the VRSGT World Championship at Nuremberg Ring. It's uh, a team so Josh, deal, right? Yeah, so it looks like Josh Rogers and uh, Ricardo Castro-Ledoux, I guess, uh, won the six hours of Nuremberg, uh, Nuremberg Ring. Uh, they led 137 of 196 laps. That's a, that's a lot of laps. Uh, teammates to Josh Rogers, Mitchell De Jong and Jeremy... Uh, I don't know how to spell it. <laughs> boot. Bootle, loop. Boot loop. Okay, thanks, Mason. Uh, came second uh, after leading 30 laps. Uh, final two races for the GT World Championships are at Sebring and
0: Circuit of the Americas. Josh Rogers. Yeah, getting it done, man. He's been hot this year. All right, and the next one, Ignite Series. Jesse.
6: Yeah, last week they tackled the Charlotte Legend Road Course Long. And Aaron Mulrooney Jr. and Caden Rush came out as the big winners of this week, scoring 141 and 140 points respectfully in their races. And today they're running at uh, Lucas Oil Raceway.
0: Alright. So those are the kids going for the NASCAR prize. And uh next up, Mason's twenty four hours of spa.
1: Yep, so uh spa's coming up. It is uh july 19th through july 21st uh the saturday or sorry the friday night 9 p.m eastern start time or the saturday 9 a.m eastern start time um the sim date is july 20th 2019 sim time of day setting is going to be 4 p.m there's a 30 minute warm up and it says qualifying is detached Um, there is dynamic sky but there is only static weather so not sure about that um It'll be split by I rating. Now there is. An incident limit.
0: 300.
1: Yeah. 300. And that has.
0: Yeah. You're cutting in and out a little bit.
1: Sorry. That has a lot of, a lot of people concerned there that it's only 300. Um, looking at last year's results, there are many teams with over 600 incidents, some closer to a thousand incidents.
0: Hmm.
2: So, well, that's cause they're using that to take advantage of those, all of those really picky off tracks.
1: Yeah, I've been practicing for Spa, and I can say I have at least 500 incidents probably already. Um, The field is 55, and it's only GT3 cars, the Audi, Mercedes, Ferrari, BMW, and McLaren. And just one note about where the green flag is. The race starting green flag will not happen at the start-finish line. It will happen at the gantry on the rundown to Rouge, indicated by the green box in the picture below on the uh, Spa official forum posting.
0: Huh. So it says,
1: please be mindful and careful at the start.
0: And why only the GT3 cars? Why not the other ones?
2: That's just what traditionally runs that race.
0: Oh, I see. All right. And then, Mason, you got the next topic dirt track surface prep.
1: Yeah, this this is hearkening back to the the race and why Chris said it was so good. Um, They have done, iRacing has done work on the dirt track surfaces. Um, iRacer Nick Neven mentioned uh, that they don't need random track states which is percentage of wear they need random track preps to make it even better which would mean uh, variable water in the track prep because in a regular dirt track um, you, you have you know Joe Schmo over there on, the, on the, the truck and you don't know if he knows how much water he's putting down or not um, but basically they're asking for the track to be less perfectly prepped Um, Obviously, we're having fantastic racing on it as it is, so I don't want them to to break it, but if they can keep improving it, I'm sure the racing will be even better.
0: Yeah, I mean, that race I watched, the World of Outlaws, that was awesome, and uh, the cushion, you know, is a little bit different, and uh, it's kind of opened up some other lanes is what I understand. All right, David, next was a video from Natalie Decker.
2: So, yeah, you, you guys probably know a few of us are pretty pretty decent uh, Natalie Decker fans. I'm enjoying watching her come up through the ranks. Uh, and she posted she posted a lot of videos, and some of them are really just kind of random day-in-the-life videos. And this is one of those. She posted a video with the day of, of her and her boyfriend, um, who's fellow racer Derek Lemke. And they kind of got to bickering over iRacing, who could, sim, who could race first. And I'd like, if they happen to listen, the suggestion is just get another rig I don't, and race each other. That'd be that'd be a hoot. Um, it looks like he has a play seat rig, and we couldn't really tell what the wheels and pedals were. And Derek was running Lucas Oil off-roads. And I know when I talked to both of them last year up at, up at Gateway, uh, he likes to run the late models a lot, too. So he's that's kind of his wheelhouse on, the, on iRacing. And Natalie just usually runs on, the, on his account.
0: Yeah, it looks like a G29 to me with a play seat. But, uh, all right, cool. She's uh, using iRacing and having fun with it. Uh, next up, Jesse, Formula Fun Series Update.
6: Yeah, Greg West hosts up a reminder that SR and IR are not active in this series. However, the incident limit is, an a- is active 12 to encourage appropriate racecraft. for a 10 minute race you should be able to stay under 12 incidents with no problem he also posted that depending on how this series goes we are not against doing something familiar for the oval crowd
0: okay and then a different post uh, called formula not fun chris Mason, how come I got the not fun part?
5: Are you saying I'm less fun than Jesse? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, I guess uh, there was uh, <laughs> some users complaining um, that the participation was down, and also it's a medium downforce package used for all the short tracks, which makes the car harder to drive because you're going too slow to gain that downforce. Um, Greg West did uh, respond to that post, saying this: "This set was not selected for the fastest lap times." It was selected to reward drivers who were smooth and reinforced good racecraft. To that point, our goal has been realized. In a few of the comments: people are coming out of these sets with an enhanced feel of awareness, which leads to improved car control in other series. That was one of our objectives when we built this. Learning. Also, no iRacing will not turn off damage.
0: <laughs> okay, so I mean, I mean, uh, so they're running like the F3 car, which is a high downforce, high-speed car. On these really tiny little road courses, so they're just saying, you know, it's really not a good matchup. I think is what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. And um, I think these,
5: I think these races are every half hour, so that could be part of the participation too. But uh, what do they mean by we should? We're going to be doing something similar to for the oval crowd. Is that not pretty much what like carp cup and pickup cup is? Is this not the
4: road version of that basically?
6: It's um, an import.
4: I was going to say maybe they do a a road course series for the car like the cup cars maybe. No, I or could Or some take weird that.
0: combination, you know.
4: See, I'm look I'm reading this too like so they're having a participation because of low they they're thinking because of you know the high port, downforce car that's on low speed tracks that's not using the potential of the car. Now, Chris, you Probably some of us were probably fans of like you know Grand trees and things like that growing up. You always wanted to get into the faster cars and stuff like that, and not, and use them for what they're what they're good for. So maybe this is some of the generation growing pains that they're having with it. Is that's a mechan- you need That's a aero car that needs mechanical grip for those tracks. Yeah, yeah, I think,
5: and you're not going to attract new people. The guys that aren't already racing, um, you know, the the road stuff. Like you know, somebody like me, because if I'm, yeah, like just like you said, if I'm going to spend a bunch of time learning the track, you know, to be able to get around it confidently, I want to do it in a quick car. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna play around yeah. this thing.
2: Most of those little tracks, you also uh, you learn them in the Mazda. If you if you start the road path, you use you either do the monster or the Pontiac, but most people do the Mazda, and that's it's it's a car that fits those little tracks.
4: Well, and that's why back when they only had, like, 11, I think it was, like, 11 cars in the first year. You had the Solstice running Lime Rock all the time. And, you know, that that track is suited for that car. You don't really put, you can put some bigger cars on that
0: track, but it just doesn't work the same as a slow car does on that track. Yep. All right, next up, I'll take this one. This is a YouTube video put out by iRacing this time the top 10 highlights but it's the 1 year anniversary special and uh, they basically took the best or the favorite clips from the past year and picked the top 10 from those and so these are like the all the premium ones like uh five wide for the win on a dirt track and then uh last corner chaos at Suzuka and different uh obviously different disciplines but lots of cool racing to watch I can't figure out which one's my favorite though. I mean, uh probably the last one, you know, but which is the NASCAR, you know, pile them up at uh, you know, Atlanta kind of thing.
1: Oh yeah, definitely that one.
0: All right, Greg, uh we never give Timmy any love. So, it was uh Timmy Hill uh just posted up on his
4: uh Twitter um he said, uh, what a badass car we had last night when he was racing, I guess, in the Xfinity Series. Uh, had a car that could have been in the top five contention. Uh, so many people believed in me and put together a dream effort. Got uh, tangled up in a final crash uh, uh, of the night, which ended our hopes at a great finish. Thanks for everyone for all the love. Now, obviously, Timmy Hill runs the Peak Series as well Yep, um, with them. So it's just, we never talk about him much. I, I, yeah, I but was I, he's
0: always in NASCAR, and we always forget about that. I, I like to mention it. It's nice to uh, it's nice to see the
4: crossover between the two, right? Like have someone that's you know racing there, and, right. and then yeah, just just to have you know you, you saying that you got that person
0: there. I mean, how cool would it be? I mean, t- obviously, it's cool that Timmy is in the Peak Series and he's in the Sprint NASCAR Cup Series, but. What we, what if we could take it to the next level and get somebody like a Denny Hamlin or a, a Kyle Busch or somebody like that to participate in the Peak Series? What do you think about that, Jake? Are you still with us?
3: Yeah, uh, I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, of course, we've seen Dale Jr. in the past uh, run in Peak when it was just the World Championship Series, but uh, I think looking to the future, you never know. Uh, it could happen. Um, I think Denny... There was a possibility of him going forward a, like a year or two ago, but uh, plans must have went through or fell through. But uh, it'd be an awesome opportunity. It's already always cool to race Timmy, knowing uh, his real life racing uh, and being a NASCAR, whether it's Cup, Trucks, or Xfinity. And uh, it'd be really cool to see some other like high na- or well-known names jump in and uh, see if they can win and peak, uh, just like they would do in real life. But uh, Hopefully we'd see that. That'd be really cool.
2: I'm so, really surprised Kyle hasn't tried it in as many different races as he likes to run.
4: Yeah. He doesn't have any extra time from all the stuff he does. <laughs> you need extra time to do that, and he's already opened it, is it up by being on the track. We know they're off on Tuesday, so but it is <laughs> that off day they probably need, but Um, I was thinking of this too. Like, I, when they used to have Junior have, you know. Junior used to have that guaranteed spot to always race, and I think he also had his I rating up there, so he could be part of it um, back in the day. I can't remember how it used to work for him, but um, what would you think if they had, like, you know, in NASCAR they used to have the champions you know, the provisional championship spot or something like that for previous past champions? Do you think that that would take away from the racing if they put a spot in where they could uh, someone
0: could come and join? No, I don't think so. That's what I'm saying is add a forty-first, a forty-first driver, or however many more. That's a like a NASCAR provisional, and you, know, you have to be a current Sprint Cup driver. And if you show up, you're you don't have to have the I rating. You know, you get in the car.
3: Yeah, I think that'd be cool. Uh, like, there's gonna be some people that'd be against it, uh, of course. But I think if it didn't take up a specific spot that someone else could uh, use, like for a forty-first car, for example, I. I'd be totally for it. I'd I'd love to race against uh, one of the top-tier NASCAR drivers, that's for sure,
0: and it'd be an amazing opportunity. I mean, it's a NASCAR-sanctioned event, and if we can get yeah. the crossover, we get the fans to really engage. You know how much the engagement would grow if you had a Kyle Busch or Denny Hamlin in the race on a regular basis? Well, and them to bring their brands in there. Like,
4: Imagine if he actually right, brought FedEx. the M&M's brand and FedEx and all that in right
0: they would absolutely so but uh that uh, that's really probably the next step but uh be cool if it worked out uh also there was a ty majeski um almost won that slinger nationals that we were kind of talking about in the eye racing colors he's got a uh proud on the on the hood of that car and was leading coming to the end and uh matt Kenzeth was hunting him down we were talking about this earlier Uh, Jesse, is some of the best racing I've ever seen. Uh, Matt raced him fairly clean. I think Ty made a little mistake with about two to go and went just a little high. I think he brushed the wall and that gave, uh, the bottom to Matt and he uh, won it. Matt Kenseth, uh, comes back and won the Slinger Nationals. Hell of a race. If you haven't seen it, check that out. But, uh, need to see iRacing up in the mix, uh, on the car. Okay. Next up, uh. Chris was a Club Finland Finland meetup. Yeah, looks like uh, Club
5: Finland met us met up last week. Um, posted pictures of themselves hanging out and having a cold one. Uh, one driver joked that the highest I rating member got the honor of posting. <laughs> and what they had posted on Twitter was a few pics of them hanging out and one of David Kamer. Looks so he's measuring a tire. Some of them. the way that he they posted this up, it looks like he's looking over all of them. <laughs> And they posted our Lord and Savior Kamer watching and protecting
0: us. (laughs) That's funny. They got him a a photo in a picture frame of David Kamer working on a tire.
4: (laughs) See, Mike, this is going to work next year when we all come to your place for the championship weekend. Yep.
0: Look at the turnout. They got a lot of people. (laughs) Nice changes. They got 10, you know, 15, maybe 15 people or something.
2: I already have my air mattress
0: ready. Well, like I said, there's great resorts uh, right next to the track. and But uh, cool to see uh, iRacers meet up in person. Yeah, if you
5: have a chance, check out the, I can't, I can't say his name, Osayan Pukaka. Um, check out his uh, Twitter page. His background is a whole, like a sim racing looking room where they have you know, a dozen or more sims set up and a bunch of people racing
0: together. I don't know where this is at, but it sounds like maybe we need to move to Finland. Yeah, those guys don't mess around over there. They're real racers, man. All right, David, you're next. Are you really a good driver?
2: So people who play racing video games are worse drivers, according to a study. Researchers spoke to about 1,250 drivers and found that people who play racing games are more likely to be involved in accidents or be fined for driving infections than non-gamers. The poll also revealed that more than a fifth admitted to transposing driving maneuvers learned in video games into real life practice, and found that more than 26% of the people interviewed had two or more speeding convictions or convictions than drivers who never played these video games. Gamers were found to have been involved in the accidents 1.3 more times on average than compared to 0.6 times for all drivers. Um, It can be used for good, but it it can teach you vehicle limit it, but sp- specific driving m- maneuvers will cause your h- car to handle. Uh, it's interesting study, but it really only shows correlation not causation.
0: I call BS just because I don't have any data. but Well, you got <laughs> you got also got to look
4: at the data there, right? Like, you can say that gamers get an accident. What is their occupation or what are they driving on the roads for? Like, I'm more likely in my occupation to get in an accident. Because I'm on the road, fourteen hours a day. Gamers are also younger. You don't know. You don't know. There's all. There's.
2: There's a ton of things that any skeptic would know that these studies can all the time be just manipulated to basically. They go into them with an idea of what they want to find, and then try to find the numbers to prove it. So, um, there's. I mean, I I haven't dug deep into it, but I'm highly skeptical about it.
0: Yeah, I am too. Like,
2: uh,
5: oh, go ahead, Mason.
1: I was gonna say you and I were in that practice room yesterday, Chris, and those guys weren't any younger than us. <laughs> yeah, no kidding.
5: But yeah, I, I agree with what Greg said. I mean, half our team drives for a living. I mean, so if, maybe if you're playing, if you're deep into these games
4: and driving, then if you're also doing it in real life. You're gonna be in more accidents. Stupid study. I I go I drive three hundred to five hundred miles a day, and then come home and do another two hundred or four four hundred miles on the on sim. Like you're bound to. The more you're in a vehicle, the more you're bound to have it happen, right? So, like I said, David said it perfectly. If you're going in it looking for that to be the uh, what you want to find, you'll find it.
1: Well, and at least, Greg, you do all your reckon on the sim. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. We've covered stories on this podcast in the past where... Uh, somebody would post up in the forum saying, "I was about to get in a wreck on the ax, ac- uh, you know, an accident on the freeway, and I, I avoided it, and it was because of the skills I developed in iRacing. i racing." I've I've seen that story several times. Yeah, particularly looking ahead while you drive. There's not really a whole lot of road life people that aren't
4: you know going to practice that. See, like even for me, like I drive a truck for a living, and in Ontario, some of the schools. Um, provide extra training for it. So like the school, when I went to get my license, you, you had to go to skid school. So you get to learn what to do when something's out of control as well. Like I've I've already learned previous, like when I first got my license, when a truck is jackknifed, what to do to try and stop it. Like the sim helps you that way as well. Like I, I, I use that kind of tactics when I'm sideways as well. I know what to try
0: and do with it. It's just, it's just a feeling that you got to, to learn from. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, we're running out of time. Mason, uh, tell us about 100% length NASCAR Cup races. Yes,
1: yeah, so this was an interesting post. Um, someone put up a poll uh, called Here's an Idea Should we have a separate series that runs 100% races? There were 103 votes, with 59% saying yes. 34% saying no, and 7 undecided. So what? Uh, it was Connor Hale who started this. Um, he was was saying that he's seen NIS races that are 50% that he thinks should be 75% or four races. I mean, obviously we have the Coke 600 uh, and um, the Daytona 500 as the full-length races. Uh, but he was thinking, why not just start a whole series with 100% races? So um, I said that's what peak should be. I don't know what Jake thinks about that, but I think that's if that's our top NASCAR series that they should be running the full distance.
4: They'd probably have to start it sooner then, though. You'd probably would be starting at nine nine o'clock Eastern.
1: Yeah. Um, or uh, Tyler Hudson said NIS is great because it gets hundreds, sometimes thousands, of signups per event. This is unique in itself. Creating another series with 100% length races will dilute that further. It yes. simply doesn't make sense to have a new series for every individual users wants, which is why also why we have leagues where users can set up their own series however they like. I would never say never, though.
4: If, if they want a 50% race to feel like a 100% race, take the fuel out of the car. Take more fuel out of it so you can't go as far. Then it'll would feel only... like a longer race.
2: Only if you can increase tire wear too. Like I remember back in the RV yeah, days, you could do two X tire wear. Um, because if you just take the fuel out, then then it then it does no good for us long run guys.
0: Yeah. Bad idea. No, it's it's perfect the way it is. Don't do it. <laughs> That's what, what I voted. What do you I think, voted yes
3: That's an inter- interesting uh, topic for peak. I know there's there'd be some for it, some against it. I I think. There's certainly some races that should be longer. Uh, I can't remember. I think it might have been like Chicago. It just felt like such a short race this year. And I think 75% at least should be what we're doing in peak with the occasional like uh, 100% race would be interesting uh, and definitely unique. The start times would have to be a little different because, you know, there's some people that um, don't want to wait until or watch a race till midnight or so. And uh, it definitely be interesting to see um moving forward i think 50 is a little low for peak uh, especially considering nis is the same distance uh usually so uh, i think i definitely think they could go more uh closer to 100 but there's definitely going to be some people that are against it but uh, another series for 100 i agree with mike on that one i i don't know if it'd really work all that well to be honest
0: no it'd be a small subset of people you wouldn't have people you wouldn't split much probably would be my guess and it would take away the people from nis well i think nis we got something good going let's not screw that up yeah all probably right
4: just best to leave the special events then
0: well and you know it makes it livable uh, when we're at 50 percent races uh that's livable i'm not tied up for four hours i'm only tied up two and a half hours you know and and i can still have a family life when i'm before and after the race. And so, you know, you start running 100% races every week for 36 weeks, uh, that, that might cramp your lifestyle a little bit. All right, let's go into hardware software next. Uh, we're jumping to, I'm doing the first one. We saw a rumor late last night leaked info about the Intel 10th generation Comet Lake desktop CPU. And, boy, you're going to be able to get a i7 with 10,700K or an i9 with a similar number. And so we've only seen Intel chips that go up into, like, the 9,700K range, uh, and now we're above 10,000. And then these Intel chips that they're talking about, of course, will be... Uh, able to be easily overclocked as well but these uh haven't been we don't have a lot of information but there has been a a few leaks on a couple different websites about it and so that leads into the whole fact of if you're building a system and you're counting on the brand new amd ryzen chips maybe you should wait a little bit because on those amds they're not able to overclock them as much as they had anticipated and so the performance isn't as much as the hype Uh, built up uh before that uh on those chips they're still great chips but you can't overclock them as much as they had hoped uh with these intel ones uh they look a little bit more promising for overclocking
1: and that's if these leak numbers are good right you know
0: but it's a couple good sites uh that have put up good stuff occasionally so probably good but hard to say uh Mason, tell us about our Super Series of NVIDIA. We got some benchmarking.
1: Yeah, um, YouTuber JayZ2Cents posted up his benchmarking of the uh, 2070 Super um, and the other Super cards as well. Um, The 2060 is the other one that's out. So he essentially said that the 2070 Super is equal to the plain Jane 2080 uh, NVIDIA card. In performance but it's essentially three hundred dollars less so go with that one if you're looking for a new card and you don't want to wait for the 2080 ti you don't have enough money to buy a 2080 ti. if price is an option the 2070 super is going to be your your best bet because it does tie or slightly edge out the 2080 on certain games he also suggested to avoid the amd cards um, just because of everything that nvidia is doing right now
0: yeah I watched this video and lost 20 minutes of my life, but um, yeah, that card is a great card. I mean, that's equivalent to a 2080, but it's only $500 instead of the normal 800. All right, uh, David, we got a review on uh, DD1, my new wheel, which I don't have yet.
2: Yeah, I've been enjoying mine, so my review is nice. Uh, I watched the video last week, so I I've kind of forgotten some of the details. It's gotten fuzzy. Uh, He picked out a few negative things. He picked out a lot of positive things. And if you go to the link in our show notes, you can give this video a watch. Uh, All I can really tell you other than that is it's a great product.
0: I loved watching this because I don't have the product yet. And it helps me learn about it. Get to see it. You know, how does it work? How does he put the wheel on it? How do you cycle through the menus? Just stuff like that, you know? And... Uh, how big is it, and then this gives me a better feel for what I'm expecting. Uh, this is a video. The Sim Channel is uh, what it's called on YouTube.
1: And he yeah. has it.
2: Go ahead, sorry, he,
1: he has it separated into chapters in the in the notes of the video, so it's really easy. You can like if you just want to see what his final thing is, you can click on that.
2: Yeah, the only negative I really come up with is having to reach around to the back for the power button, but we have a solution for that incoming.
0: Yes, Jesse, uh, you're working on a switch, uh, a do-it-yourself emergency stop switch for this wheelbase.
6: Yeah, I should uh, should have it built and shipped out first part of next week, and David can let me know if I failed or succeeded.
0: All right. I want something beefy, beefy, you know, whatever it is. But We were talking about how to mount it today, and uh, I was thinking Velcro, and other people said, oh, let's screw it down, but I don't know. Yeah, if you guys have ideas, by the way, tips and tricks, uh, email the podcast.
6: Uh, let me know what you got as far as mounting and uh, different box options. There's many different options.
0: Yeah, looking for a bomb switch. If you have a good idea for a switch, let us know. Okay, Chris, uh, talk a little bit about the new AMD Ryzen 3000. Um, yeah, uh, I, the, I mentioned that a bit.
5: Yeah, and that's pretty much all this is. There, there's just been a little bit of a letdown. I think most of them, you know, a lot of people were hoping for near five gigahertz processors, and they weren't getting much over like forty-four hundred. <laughs> but Still, yeah, they're they're fine. It's just not, yeah, a little bit of a letdown. Not exactly a superpower. Yeah, the new Intel's are most likely going to be better. Uh, Sixteen cores, I think. than the Intel data we saw earlier—they're talking about like ten core, twenty-thread processors.
0: I don't know. It's all still fourteen nanometers wake me up when we have quantum computing (laughs) yeah the other thing is that Jay Z two cents guy uh he had a different video about the motherboards if you're doing an amd ryzen and the bios for those and so you got to have certain motherboards and whatnot but he said the bios is just not mature at all it's a mess is what he was saying and he went through it and he actually changed the voltages to the memory and the CPU and the card and everything in the BIOS because he said they were basically wrong. So if you are building an AMD Ryzen 3000, you should really reach out and find that video because uh, apparently the BIOS isn't set up right on a lot of these motherboards because it's new BIOS, uh, they did, you know, it's a new product, they, uh, they're updating it frequently, You know, doing bugs and that kind of thing. All right, next up uh, I'll take is a DD2 Fanatec Wheel Reaction uh, uh, forum post. It says, this is why you should get a stop button. Always recenter your wheel after the race, or it can violently start turning left and right because the way iRacing is coded to try to always recenter the wheel. And so uh, a post basically saying, you know, you want to make sure after you wreck center the wheel back to middle. Uh, And if you don't, then you're going to get a violent, you know, jump. Now, the good news is David Tucker indicated, who's from iRacing, that he's going to work on some code that maybe he can get the wheel to come back to center uh, in a real soft, gradual manner whenever uh, getting into the car or something like that and, and avoid that spike, so to speak. So until then, be careful about that. Okay, Greg, Dash Review. Okay, so, uh,
4: Charles Kuzma posted up, uh, a ri- his rig, I guess he's, uh, got one of these, it's a, it's a very nice, uh, setup here. His dash is, it almost looks like the Der- Derek Spears boxes, but, uh, it's, it looks like it's a carbon fiber frame with the button boxes in it, and then he's got a digital dash on it, um... And it, and it's got the beautiful colors of carbon fiber and the yellow together. It really works with that. Uh, oh yeah. The style he's got, and then he's got the big monitor right behind it. Um, obviously, it looks like a direct drive wheel uh, mounted in behind the dash, which is nice too. Um, trying to figure out what seat that is, but it, it looks like a. It actually looks like a, a cup seat. Oh yeah. It is. It's a. Uh, it is a beautiful setup. He's got his open, open uh, laptop or not laptop CPU unit here that you can see off to the side.
0: It's all lit up. Yeah, it's a very nice rig. But man, that dash is totally custom.
1: Yeah, he's got the display in the middle too, which looks really neat, and uh, two USB ports coming through the dash there, probably for his direct drive wheel.
4: The other thing he's got is, do you guys notice that the rim is, he's lightened that rim up. Like, that rim's designed to be as light as possible with all the holes and everything in it. It's such a simple rim, but uh, it looks, I bet you that is one light
0: rim to turn with. Yeah. It's got a big pad on the middle of it, a cushion, which indicates it's a real racing wheel. Yeah, very nice setup. Uh, I love the custom dash and the black and yellow, black and yellow. That looks great. Now, is he the guy from the button box shop? Right. Yeah. And so this is his personal setup. So this is his
4: personal setup. Okay. Yeah. Gorgeous pretty cool. It's
0: setup. Yeah. Check out his website. We've talked about it before. It's called the button box shop. And you can actually go there and uh, buy his button boxes. Uh, I don't know if you can get the dash that we're looking at but specifically. But All right. Let's keep moving. David, a valve index review.
2: Yeah, we have a couple of reviews here that we're talking about the first one is just uh directly on the, the valve index um we had a member post you can look up the link but some of the highlights there's the audio are speakers not headphones so the sound quality is nice um i i tend to prefer headphones uh head strap is similar to the vive das on the visuals it has the the highest field of view is 108 horizontal 100 vertical that's pretty standard Unless you go into super high dollar controls, um, he, the finger tracking he indicates does not work very well and has some hardware issues. Um, and on the iRacing, you still need the headset, headset, and at least one base station. And the, um, in the notes here, it says still says it's second to the Rift. I guess that's his opinion.
0: Yeah, I've heard a lot yep. of good things about it.
2: And then we also have a uh, another one comparing it to the HP Reverb. Um, He said he liked the hp reverb for the pixel density but there were four major cons that really made the hmd definitely lose the battle from the index it had a big bulky cable with gigantic connector the comfort uh there's a really sharp edge behind the nose flap and then if you have a bigger nose than average the hmd it will uh touch there on a point and you can't even use it the HDMI anymore, it'll start to hurt so much the build quality has loose connectors and the airpod broke down after one week and and in windows wmr it's buggy and has a lot of restarts i guess that's the software
0: so that's the hp you're talking about right that's
2: the hp and then on the index he was blown away with the difference between the valve index and the hp the colors are bright spot on good contrast uh good blacks and mainly the overall clarity was mind-blowing It had a bigger FOV, and most of the game was horizontal. Uh, I can't explain why, but I'm getting better depth perception. And he summed it up in one word as presence.
0: Yeah, I haven't heard anything bad really much about the Valve Index. That first review, he had a few negative things about it, but most people seem to like it. So, I don't know. I mean, I heard Rift is easy. That's a good starter unit. But if you want the next best thing, this is probably it. And it's not, you know, the Valve Index.
2: Well, the Rift S has taken it up to a new level. And didn't we have a review that we discussed last week about it?
0: Yeah. There's so many choices. I mean, man. All right, let's keep moving. Rig review. uh, It's a temporary setup. Greg. So I
4: go from one end to the other uh, with uh, rig reviews here. Um, Adam fulmer posted a picture of his living room i guess uh he's waiting on a rig uh setup that uh coming so he's got a fanatic uh pedals and uh wheelbase i'm guessing i'm trying to see what wheelbase that is but uh anyway so he's described uh his temporary setup is uh uh a little kid's chair um (laughs) with a little desk in front of like a like a a nightstand table or something like that um, with the pedals underneath and he's got books and everything to counter to, to counteract the, the balance of it um, oh he says it's a dory chair finding dory chair that he's sitting on and it's just a very basic setup just to, to raise from what do you guys think of the picture that he posted
0: dude you gotta get a better chair than the finding dora chair and David, I thought you had
4: back problems with what you were running. Imagine we're running that.. Well,
2: do you remember what's holding my pedals in place? That's true. It's a baritone case, a march or a concert baritone
0: case from school. Well, this guy's got telephone books under each leg of the table to get the table higher. And then he's got
4: a basket or what does he call it a a, bo- a box to uh, counterweight the the weight of the table so it doesn't flip over into his lap. Now my table's pretty stable. I don't know what kind of telephone books you're
1: reading, Mike, but those ain't telephone. Books.
0: Those are, yeah. Those are, those are books, <laughs> novels. There you go. But, yeah, but he's got uh, the
1: two point five wheelbase with the table clamp. Uh, very nice, uh, looks like a Formula rim. So,
4: so he spent uh, about eleven hundred to twelve hundred dollars here on his equipment and with no rig.
1: Actually, it no might rig. be a CSL base because of the box over there. But regardless.
4: Yeah, it's a. C- I think it's the Xbox CSL one. So, yeah, but still, regardless I mean, of it, he definitely needs to get a rig at some point. But
0: thanks for submitting the picture, though. Yeah, nice rig. All right, Mason, are you afraid of bugs?
1: Yeah, this is one I was talking about earlier, Mike. Um, take a look at this. If, even if you're not buying rigs, this one is just worth looking at. It's uh, called Insecta Tech. So I-N-S-E-C-T-A dot tech. Um, and they have motion rigs uh, from South Africa. There are three versions: the locust, the dragonfly, and the fire ant. Uh, the dragonfly is the most expensive. The fire ant is the least expensive. Uh, all it is the difference is um, the millimeters per second it moves and uh, the amount of rotation, the axis of rotation. Um, but but they look like uh, almost like spiders especially the locust like it looks it has four diagonal beams that move you in the middle I don't know how to describe this but it is beautiful looking
0: it looks like a spider kind of I don't know it's interesting design wow it's
1: just, the it's just worth even just looking at um they also do have a um a direct drive wheel which I was shocked at it says a medium force direct drive steering wheel for the esports racer that wants maximum response and feedback without tiring forces. So that's called the Thorax. But it's only a seven NM torque rating.
5: Wow. That's still almost double like a normal well,
4: wheel. It's not direct drive.
1: Yeah. It has a, it's a five hundred seventy five dollar price tag and it's available August twenty nineteen.
4: That's a seven newton meters on direct from the motor. It's not like it's held up with a Like I know, the Fanatic wheels make seven. Like the older ones make seven newtons, I believe, but they have the belt driven to do it, so you kind of lose some of that feedback.
2: The um, the review that we actually listened to on the on the Fanatec or Fanatic base was um, the guy mentioned that a, a, a non power steering race car, like it's like a Formula One, puts the actual wheel has about 25. Net, uh, nanometers or newton meters of
0: force. Wow, I love the dragonfly. I mean, thirteen thousand five hundred dollars. It does uh, pitch, roll, and yaw, so all three uh, wait, uh, motion, and it just looks so sleek and modern. And wow, I've never seen a design like this. Um, I, I still don't know how it works. I kind of need to find a video of it now. Yeah, there's. Like are... a...
5: Go ahead. It looks like you could fly it out of your living room. It's it's just that badass looking. It's like some kind of
4: lunar lander or something. It's it's like Good. the
0: seat is suspended. Yeah, in, you it's know, suspended or
4: it's, it's kind of like reminds me of like a hammock with like legs around it. You're kind of just sitting in between there, and it's moving that area around, and you're just rotating in the center of it.
2: I'd almost be afraid that it would suddenly transform and try to you know <laughs> kidnap me and take me to a robot headquarters somewhere.
0: <laughs> Very cool. Uh, yeah, when you were saying Insecta, I'm like, what, what? But, yeah. Uh, now, what country is that from? South Africa. Wow. Yeah,
2: it's really an Insecticon. And that, What's that- the
0: shipping from there? I was going to say the shipping would be interesting to see what it would be. All right, we do have uh, some, next week I think we'll have a topic of a company from Thailand, and they had some amazing stuff too, so look forward to that next week. Hey Mike, there is uh, videos on the website for it.
4: So what do you think after seeing the video? <laughs> it's, it's basically, it kind of reminds me of like the way an insect
0: would move to the way it sits, the way you're moving in it wow and what's neat about it is everything moves the monitor moves the everything the
4: one thing i don't like do you notice on, i don't know if you're what video you're watching but i'm watching the dragonfly in the race room one and the cables underneath look like they're getting picked up and it's whatever that box is underneath that's getting picked up you'd have to mount it differently i guess
0: yeah he's obviously tethered and uh boy a hydraulic arms moving that seat up and down and everything uh You probably need uh, more than 120 volts to run this thing, I'd guess. All right, one more hardware before we go into results. Uh, I'll take Sam Maxwell Wheel. Uh, He posted up on Facebook, uh, Mark's wheel is all done and ready uh, to get boxed up for shipping. And they put up a picture of it uh, on the Lionheart Racing Series Facebook page. And uh, boy, what a beautiful wheel. Maxwell... Uh, has Sam Maxwell has been known for his high-end wheels, and this is a custom one, and it actually has the Lionheart Racing Series logo uh, emblazoned across the front of it at the bottom. It's got a nice display in the middle, uh, several buttons. Uh, what do you guys think? I kind of like, I, I
4: really like the integrated uh, dash there. Like I, I, I really want a wheel at some point to come out for Fnatic that has a Display like that, that's you know, that we're going to be able to use some sort of you know third party app for.
1: No, oh, they'll probably make you pay for something there, but no, I like having that idea of having a screen in the dash, it's got all the lights that you need if you have an Indy car as well. Um...
0: If you have to ask how much it is, you don't have enough money. That's the price. Uh, his website is sammaxwellcustoms.com. And if you go there, he has a gallery of a lot of the wheels he's uh, built. And they are some beautiful wheels. Um, But you're going to pay top dollar for these. Okay, let's keep on moving. We're going to results. Uh, NASCAR iRacing Series Daytona. By the way, I won. Uh, Let's talk about Thursday fix, though. Uh, Tony Rochette got a P18. First time in a few months, he got booted from the server and went three laps down. When he reconnected, he went through the field and got caught up in a final wreck. Uh, Friday open, Greg, P10, you'd say dominated with David. Yeah, David and I had a strategy going into that race to work
4: together, and it was working out pretty well. If uh, you remember, uh, David, we were doing pretty good. We had a strategy, and it looked like it was going to work. But then we had a late caution with... uh, was it 10 to go, David? Something like that. And the idiots rate that we were racing with wrecked under caution. I got a little bit of damage from it. I think, David, you got taken out in that, right?
2: Yeah, he meatballed me. And so, you know who you are. How about he probably don't listen, but... <laughs>
0: Under caution, you got meatballed?
2: Yeah, we were all come we were cooling down, you know, slowing down, and he wasn't paying attention to who was on his left, and just came all the way down and sideswiped Greg, and that knocked him up in the wall, and then when he, I was all the way down on the apron trying to stay away from him, but he hit the wall and came back all the way down the track and meatballed me, you know, and I was on my way to at least a top five finish.
4: Like, David and I were nose to tail from start till whenever David, or when we had that wreck, like, we, we didn't deviate from each other at all in that race
2: we stayed top five the whole race
4: yeah and the thing that was more that sucked is i restarted i think p2 on that last restart to go to the green that we had it running out and i just couldn't keep track position from the damage i was just uh i got held out or hung out to dry and i just tried
0: to salvage the top 10 that i got All right, and then in the other split, uh, it was uh, me, Bill, and Chris. Uh, We got eventually lined up one, two, three on the bottom row for the first green flag stop. Uh, I was first, Bill second, Chris third. Um, Chris, you got turned as we came onto pit road for that first stop, and it ended your day. Uh, Tell us what happened.
1: Yeah.
5: Just like you said, we were uh, running like one, two, three, four, the first 25 laps of the race or so running our fuel out. And yeah, you got uh, you and Bill were on the bottom and I was on at the top, but uh, the, guy, the guy on the outside, I wouldn't give him a good enough push to get by you guys. And we just kind of rode like that for 25 laps and then went down pit road. And uh, the guy that uh, ran me over actually emailed me. He got knocked off the track. There was somebody that didn't see him checking up and he got ran off the track and put into me and then taken out but uh yeah i'll let you guys take it from there because i
0: i bailed after that <laughs> yeah you were done and so i was stuck. Uh, so bill and i continued uh bill uh gets into the back of me uh, at one point uh on a later pit uh when we came down to pit so it was the same scenario where the green flag stop. We go in together, and I slow down too much, and Bill gets into the back of me. And I spin, but I don't touch anything. Um, So it was only 12 seconds damage. I touched the wall a little bit, actually. Uh, We go back out, but we're many uh, seconds behind back in 15th. We do get a caution. Uh, We get back up there through there to, to the lead of the race. So I somehow got back up there. I did lose Bill along the way. Uh, we had a restart on a green white checker. Uh, <clears throat> I was first. I got some help from a guy named Tanner Love. And I do want to shout out uh, spotter Ryan Eckstein joined me for this race. Um, and you know, you know, we stayed committed and we pushed the whole way on the bottom, and I took it. and and so uh, it was a great race. I'm so happy to win again in the uh, open. This is my second win of the year. Uh, It really brings back the confidence, you know, that I know I can go to Daytona and win. And I just freaking proved it. And so, so happy. So happy. It's been such a relief. Uh, And then teammate Tony Rochette in the split below, guess what? He won as well. He said he stayed top 10 most of the race, got tapped in the rear from checking up on the wreck, but no matter, still fast. He went from sixth to first in the final three laps. Feels great to win his first ever NASCAR iRacing, iRacing Series win. Uh, it was a shout out to Josh Buckman for racing a clean finish with him. So a uh, big shout out to Tony Rochette on his first win ever. Uh, let's keep moving. Saturday fixed. Uh, Tony ran again. He got net coated and wrecked out. And then Sunday open. P11. Uh, running good till a restart was out on the outside. Had a caution. Everyone slowed up except the car behind him. He got rammed. Greg, you got P-18 wrecked on the white flag lap.
4: Yeah, we had a 10-lap shootout at the end. I was up front the whole race. I think I led half that race almost. Um, And uh, after the green flag pit stops, we had a late caution there with 10 to go. And it got to the point where it was three wide, I think 10 rows deep or whatever it was. And you just... We're running whatever you could there to stay off each other for probably five or six laps and uh, coming to the uh, white flag at the tri-oval there. I don't know if it was net code or... Because it looked like the car behind me shot me forward and possibly got the car on the inside, but I don't... You know, it's coming to the white flag. I'm not mad for being wrecked. We're racing hard. It's good to be in that position.
0: One thing I noticed about Daytona I want to bring up is... If you were in a second pack and you're trying to catch the first pack, if you weren't, you, if you were single file, it was slower than if you were double file. Uh, Mason, I think you saw that too.
1: Yeah, um, in my super speedway League, I had always heard that and just thought they were trying to, you know, trick me. But I had several people in the open races telling me to do that.
0: It was. I the they tried it in one race I was in. The, the guys in the second pack, they were lined up. They weren't catching us. They went double file. They started catching us. So it, it seems to be the case, which I don't think it's always been that way. I think that's something new. So something I don't know if that's the package. Flaw the, a flaw in the code. A flaw in the draft or something. I don't know. A that's why I'm bringing it up. Yeah. Yeah. The giant spoiler, which is a lot, 11 inches or something. Crazy. All right. Uh. And then, David, you got a P-13, but you were running up front.
2: Yeah, I was another one where I was running top five, and I clipped just, I guess, the a hint of the apron, got just a little bit loose, dirt tracked for, down on the apron for half a lap, let everybody go by, because otherwise I would have gone back up into the uh, crowd and couldn't get back to the pack. But they had a big wreck at the end, so I was able to come home
0: 13th. All right Sunday fixed. I had a P18, but it was a good race. Uh, I led some laps. I was actually running fifth when we did the last green flag stops. Came out like 15th. Uh, I was working with my teammate, Bill, and I, w- and I was behind him, and we were. I was kind of guiding him up through there. Uh, Bill made a really good move on a guy and went up the middle when the guy went wide. I said, take the hole, and he did, and the guy came down and took us all out. Uh, he wrecked Bill, and then he wrecked the rest of the field. and uh, So I struggled on with tons of damage to finish 18th after a bunch of late attrition. Uh, Mason P7.
1: I don't remember exactly what happened, but uh, apparently I couldn't get out of my pit box. And that's been a common theme this week, is not being able to get the, the power down. So I'll take any advice.
0: New tires? Talk to me after the show,
4: Mason.
1: Oh.
0: Uh, higher gear, maybe? Uh, all right, let's jump to Kentucky. Uh, Wednesday fixed. Uh, Tony Rochette got a P13. He said just slow with the fixed set. And then uh, Brent McCoy, P7. He put hard to pass, and track position was everything. What about Wednesday open? Uh, David, P2. Yeah,
2: and there was another one where I was almost there. Uh, I was right behind the leader. Uh, it became a fuel mileage race. We ran... 58 laps on the last stint and we had a pack of four cars but that stayed behind the top three and i was in the back of them and i just stayed behind them and saved fuel and saved the car we got there and got past two of those guys it was me in the in that 20 car left and uh i was i had the car to run him down but we kept catching lap traffic and he would tell those cars to stay low and i'm i was faster in the low line he was faster in the high line so i just couldn't get by him
0: all right, and then teammate Brent McCoy, P1. I can't believe he keeps winning, but P1, he started 14th, immediately went to the front by lap 12, and led 118 laps. So we need to get him into a bigger split. Uh, Greg, you got a P10, interesting race. If Brent
4: keeps finishing that way, he should be yep. up with us soon. Just got to keep on that roll. Uh Yeah, I was in the same race as David. Um, It came down to the fuel mileage. Um, I came out fifth. What do we have? 57 laps to go there, David? Something like that. When we went green. And it went green all the way. And um, I spun on the second lap of that and went all the way back to, I think, 25th or 26th and drove my way up to uh, 10th. Um, Had a top five car that should have been up there and possibly contending with david for a good finish because i was able to go 57 laps on fuel too uh with a technique that i would tried that really worked out so i uh got a lot of fuel mileage out of it even with still trying to pass people um after i made that um, screw up coming off the corner right
0: all right thursday open uh Tony Rochette got a P12, got wrecked out by a car that was spinning up the track on the white flag lap. I mean, he just can't catch a break there. Uh, I ran a P6, but I, I I was running, like, back half of the top 10, but then I would, like, spin by myself off four because I was trying to hold down the throttle on the bottom, and you really need to lift. And I would spin it off into the grass and lose all my spots, go clear the back, But I went back up there a couple times to the front, or close to the front, uh, and especially on that late restart. And then, David, uh, I was racing against you and Mason there at the end on that final restart. The three of us were actually three wide. Uh, You ended up P9, and Jesse ended up wrecked out. You know, that's a no no in the team handbook there is you're not supposed to go three wide with your teammates. Right? I took them three wide. I went on the bottom and I had newer tires and I was done. <laughs>
2: yeah, he took us three wide and I was staring. I was staring at him trying to make sure I didn't crowd him too much, kind of worried if he was going to slide up or not. Um, and then me and Jesse made contact. Uh, I was trying to stay in the second lane. Jesse came down a little, probably not expecting me to be stuck in the second lane because it, the three wide happened really, really late in the corner. It was uh, but it's the end of the race, so yeah, and, you know. And yeah, I hated not having that first time. I first. I
0: saw Jesse up on the right and I'm like, man, he's up in no man's land, he's going to the back. I mean, Jesse, what was your perspective? Yeah, we lost Jesse. Uh Yeah, well while they were screwing around back there. Yeah, what did you do in the split above <laughs> us?
1: Well I was the I was just in the front of the field pulling away it was a it was a good race, I mean i there was one car that was definitely faster than me, but he blinked out and uh took out the leader at the time. uh we warned him about it, and he still uh blinked into the car beside him, and then they both spun out, so that race ended poorly for him, but good for me i he had won clean track and I won so
0: that's third third win or I can't yep remember. Third yeah win, third win yep, and uh. I mean, what was it about, Mason? I mean, you had track position. That's what it was really about, right?
1: Yeah, we were talking about, like, I, I got off sequence because I sped coming out of pit road. I did not get the tires hooked up, and I was just mad and <laughs> left it down.
0: And uh, there were lots of, of flags coming out, and it was a kind of a question, do we stay out? Do we pit? And you ended up staying out for most of that, and it did work out. That was a good call, wasn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. oh yeah. I had to stay out for the last 20 laps because you kept getting cautions every three.
2: It seemed to be good in the front, but where I was, I was a sitting duck.
0: And I was in a good spot. Cause I had new tires, and I was coming back up after spinning off on my own. I think I was at 14th, and eventually, after all the cautions, I was clear up to six. So um, it worked out in my favor. Obviously, Mason won the race, so good job. I think Bobby uh, Jonas was running with us. Uh, does anyone remember what, how what happened with Bobby? Oh, he got wrecked for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he told me he got wrecked on the straightaway, actually. Yeah, he wasn't very happy. All right, David. Intramural. Ah, sorry.
2: Okay, Uh, our team standings are powered by iPitting. iPitting uh, makes it easy for you to keep track of your iRacing team's progress throughout the season with up-to-the-minute race results, points, standings, and driver rankings for everyone on your team. iPitting. Go to iPitting.com and Tony just kind of ripped us a new one at Daytona and jumped ahead of everybody. With his win. He's got a 26-point lead over me, sitting in second, and Chris is 28 back, Stiver is 29 back, and Hole is 35 back. Then in fixed, McCoy continues to hold his lead. He's pretty much got almost a race lead over Ellis. He's 47 points out, and Hole is 60 points back.
0: Yep. Yeah, good job for Tony. Uh... Let's keep moving official i won in dirt pro 4 i won by getting the pole position i led every lap and then i won the race and i was confidence was up my i rating went up i went to the another split and got my butt handed to me <laughs>
4: did you do any uh jumps at the end i didn't see a video like you usually do uh
0: I've, i haven't been racing as much as a, before but uh yeah it is nice to get a win there Uh, Mason, you got some wins, but road course stuff.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, IMSA week at the Glen and, um, or sorry, VRS GT Sprint week at the, at the Glen. So it was only the GT3 cars and in preparation for Spa, I wanted to get some time in on the Mercedes. So I, uh, I love Watkins Glen and went out there and finished P4 in my first race and then won the next two.
0: All right. Very good uh chris you got uh pocono uh actually yeah it was martinsville i didn't put the
5: the right race there oh Martinsville. But, yeah it it was it was nice to be back on the sim um got to race a few NIS races and a couple of races with the old bastards and yeah just uh it's a great race with those guys over the weekend and lots of green flag racing
0: all right and uh that's it so let's get into final thoughts chris scales what's your final thought Oh, well,
5: congratulate Tony again for his first NIS win. That was awesome. And uh, just a awesome overall week for the team. Lots of wins along with Tony's.
0: Yeah, and uh, I was working closely with Bill Hull, a teammate uh, at Daytona, trying to really get him uh, his win and just trying to work as a, a tandem to kind of go through the field. And we were doing it, and it's a blast uh, seeing teammates uh, excel. David Hall, final thought.
2: Got a couple. Uh, I invited another, I had a friend come over to check out uh, iRacing. Uh, he came over and checked out my rig, tried the VR, had uh, motion sickness issues and handed it a little bit better when we put it back on the flat screen. Uh, and then he said, okay, and he went home and signed up. Two days later, he's already got his D-Class license.
0: Wow. Hey, did you get a referral credit?
4: I did. Got a little fast tracking in iRacing now.
2: Yeah, back in my day, you had to do a whole season.
0: <laughs> yeah. So is he going to so do road easy. or oval? or?
2: He's a road guy. He doesn't actually really care much about oval. Um, I'm going to work on recruiting him to kind of help thicken our, our road roster because we, we're running into it. We're running spa, but we all put down our available times, and because both me and Mason have, have music gigs this weekend or that weekend, it's it's challenging to fill in all the spots.
0: So, are you looking for help for the twenty-four?
2: I think we found it.
0: Okay.
4: If any, uh, if there's any interest on any of our listeners that's a good road racer, uh, kind of as a backup plan, that would like to run with us, let us know. We're running the Mercedes, so just as a backup plan, just in case something falls through.
0: That's not this weekend, or but next weekend. All right, let's keep moving. Greg, uh, Hectus, final thought.
4: I'm uh, just uh, looking forward, I only got one more race this week, uh, it's an opportunity to race at Kentucky, it must be Friday night and then I'm gone for the weekend, but uh, I'm just uh, enjoying the uh, the racing right now, it's got, I've gotten a lot better in the last couple of weeks, uh, and I know it's contributed because of all the work that uh, Brent and Mason are putting in, and, and just understanding some more stuff on these setups that uh, are making them a lot better. Um, so, if you want to watch me race Friday night, I'll be in the Friday night NAS uh, Open. Uh, you can watch me at uh, twitch.tv slash frozen cactus, uh, frozen with two O's, cactus two K's. Uh, like I was saying to the guys earlier today, it's kind of trying to hit the uh, 100, 100 uh, follower mark on the Twitch. Uh, I'm only six away. I know it's not a big number, but it's just something I'm looking forward to. So,
0: come uh, watch me on Friday night. Okay, very good. Uh, Mason Stiver, final thought.
1: Well, it's been Christmas here in July. Um, I got my Fanatec GT rim in with the Universal Hub quick release and the upgraded magnetic paddle shifters um, from our last week's guest, Jack Dalmage. So I thank him for that. Um, I've been using it for all the oval stuff, and it's awesome, and using my McLaren rim for the road stuff, and that's been helping out a lot. Um, I also just received the pro. Proto Simtech P2 pedals today, so I'll be talking about those next week on the show. Mm. Haven't put them together yet; they're sitting in the box. Um, and I upgraded my RAM this week to 32 gigabytes, so look for that my old RAM to be on sale.
2: And Mike, I have one more I forgot, but since Mason was mentioning equipment, I bought um, I bought the advanced pedals for my Formula V2 wheel, and it has the it has the double clutch analog pedals on it, and for uh finger triggers instead of just two
1: yeah and i'm selling a whole bunch of my old pc parts too of their amd parts um and a fantec table clamp so please buy my stuff
0: (laughs) yeah somebody buy that table clamp so we don't have to keep hearing about the table clamp (laughs) 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 all right and uh special guest jake nichols uh your final thoughts
3: well, final thoughts are uh, SRA Sim Racing Authority starts up uh, this weekend, so uh, if you want to watch, make sure to go check out their Facebook page to uh, go see what go get the info on uh, broadcasts. I think we changed uh, around for the season, and uh, July 23rd, the Peak Series goes to uh, Pocono. That should uh, should be an interesting race, so make sure to tune into that one and uh, cheer on our JGR uh, Toyota Camry and uh thanks to you guys for uh, having me on here it's uh it's a fun listen uh half the time there i was just listening and uh i know uh i think others will enjoy listening to that one uh it's always fun to listen to you guys so uh, thanks for having me uh hopefully i get to come back at some point uh, later this year and uh thanks again
0: well yeah thanks for coming on uh you know for your first year of peak you're you're doing pretty good you know you got that 20 on the side of your car and i think that's pretty impressive and uh i think you're in a good spot to make the top 20 so you can be in it next time so uh good luck and we'll be pulling for you thank you mike all right uh my final thoughts uh first a shout out to a fellow I-racer, sean Dewar uh i've met him somewhere along the way but he uh is having open-heart surgery here This uh, coming up in the next few days. And uh, just uh, prayers out to him and hope everything goes well. He's really worried about it. and uh, But Sean is known for fast cars and fast women, so he's a good follow on Facebook.
4: I've had open-heart surgery. I had it when I was three. It's not a fun deal. I bet. That is a big situation. Do you really remember it? yeah every day when I look down at the uh scar that goes from the bottom of my you can still neck see it, huh? the bottom of my neck to my stomach. <laughs> my brother has one it's named cousin willie <laughs> and, and and the fact that I'm missing a full chamber of my heart yeah I do
2: remember it i I mean the going through it though I don't really remember much from when I was three years old uh
0: <laughs> the other the other shout out is really for the team specifically Mason and brent uh and everybody uh you know uh... who's been working on the uh... setups i mean i can't win this race at daytona if i don't have the setup underneath me and that has been a non-issue the setup's been a non-issue so i can really focus on what i can do as a driver to win this race and i'm able to and to work with bill coming up through there it was such a blast and but uh... thank you thank you to the team for the setups i don't participate in making the setups I participate in other ways. You know, I administrate the team. I run the podcast and I do other things. So it all works out. But I do want to say thank you to everybody involved. So, and with that, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Facebook and Twitter. See you on the track.